In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. Father, we are so grateful for all your love and all your care. Father, we confess that we are most undeserving of even the very least of your blessings. And so we lift up our voice and thank you, O Lord our God, for your goodness and mercy, for your kindness and your love. And we ask for grace, O God, to translate our gratitude into obedience. That in this 2020, our lives will manifest your glory. For in Jesus' precious name, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you very much. Join me as we read from First Chronicles chapter 29. First Chronicles 29, verse 10. Therefore, David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and and the glory, excuse me, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and, and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power. And might in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. And somebody said, Amen. Amen. Being the very last Sunday of the year, it is a traditional time of gratitude because as creatures of time we count time and in a few days 2019 will be behind us. Can somebody say amen to that? And one of the very first points of gratitude is to remember that we know people who started January with us, but they are not here now. I mean, Pastor Bud led us in prayer for a family. Very tragic. But such is the reality of life that one of the greatest points of gratitude that is in spite of everything and that has happened, in spite of all the troubles and all the train and car rides, you and I are still here. And so our hearts must go to God in deep and heartfelt gratitude. It's amazing, you know, you know when, you, when you stop to, to really count your blessings, when you stop to ponder over the goodness of God. You know, there is a trick of the devil when it comes to gratitude. And that is to cause us to focus extensively on the things we don't have, which we prayed for, and answers are yet to come. And that often has the capacity to dampen the quality of our gratitude. You know? We, we, we are grateful, but, um, but, um, but, um, in other words, 
there are still things hanging that you wish, you know, he answered also. But if you're alive and nothing else was answered, that's amazing. That's amazing. You know, and that's why the first point of stop, the first, very first stop in gratitude is to thank God for life. To thank God for health. You know, I mean, you must have heard me say before that this year I was in intensive care. People used to ask me, so how did you feel? How did you feel? I said, I felt grateful. I felt grateful when I was in intensive care. I remember saying to God, I thank you. I thank you. Because I've never been ill before. You know, for 70 years. Never been ill. And so I have to be grateful. I, I just have to be grateful. There was no way I could complain. When I know that people have been in and out of hospital. In, in fewer years. And so we must be grateful. You know, don't, don't, don't let whatever circumstance or situation you are going through, becloud your judgment of the depth of gratitude we owe to God for our lives. Can somebody say amen to that? Yeah. You know, that's why David said in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And then he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not what? All his benefits. My dad used to say to us, don't forget that you don't deserve what you have. They didn't set you on a race. And the reason why you are alive is that you came first. No, no. It's just the bounty of God's grace and mercy. And everybody needs to come to grips with that. Because gratitude in itself, when it's a culture of your life, a part of your life, it brings power to you. Because it brings the presence of God. When a heart is truly grateful. And you know, it, 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 you, everyone needs to cultivate the habit of um, uh, uh, thanking God every day, you know, and, and, and thanking God for the common things of life. The food we eat, you know, and some, when you say the food we eat, some people are like, hmm, until you see the hungry and the homeless, until you notice the destitute, then the next time you say, Lord, I thank you for food, then you say it with understanding. Because there are people who are very hungry and they have no food to eat, you know. And then, and then also, the, the fact that you can eat. You know the song, some have food but cannot eat. Some can eat but have no food. We have food and we can eat. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, God, for everything. Oh, yes. Because I'm a doctor, it's easy to see people who can't, to know people who can't eat. You know, they can't eat. Something you and I take, uh, yes. You just sit down and you go up away. They cannot eat. Some of them, they don't have appetite. You know, if they tell you something about appetite, you will know it's a blessing. Oh, yes, I've lost appetite a few times. When I was ill in hospital, I had absolutely no appetite. I remember I was ill once, you know, not hospitalized, but ill. I have to use uh, Milo to swallow my food because the, the reflexes just don't work. Yes. Gratitude? Oh, no. To have a good appetite, oh, you need to be grateful. You know, they put a plate, you just clear you know, you know, you, 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 you just have to be grateful because until you see people who can do that, then you realize God has been good to me. You know, this whole year I've been clearing, clearing steadily. <laughs> uh, then if you really, you, anyone who has been clearing steadily for one year, you need to be very grateful. 
Oh, yes. Oh, yes. At least I was ill in hospital for two weeks. It took, even after I left hospital, it took a while to regain my appetite. All the things we take for granted, you know. And, and when you kneel down to pray and you are thanking God for appetite, someone by your side who has no sense of gratitude might think, what is that? Everybody has appetite. No, not everybody has appetite. Not everybody. Or take the air we breathe. You know, you know that it's reflex, this breathing. Can you imagine if you had to think about it to breathe? Or you had to breathe. Every time you breathe, you have to notice. Then when you now remember, go to the hospital, there are people like that. So gratitude is something that you have to pause and say to yourself, I need to be grateful to God. I need to be grateful to God. Because it opens you up. That's why the psalmist said, I will enter his gates with what? Yes. I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving. Because I have been so favored in my life. You know, I have been so cared for. You know, I'm alive and well. Glory to God. Glory to God. Can somebody say amen to that? In Psalm 145, verse 1, the psalmist said, I will extol you, my God, O King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. And I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is what? unsearchable. You know, one of the things that um, uh, teaches us gratitude is when sometimes you think about how far God goes to take care of small details. Oh, yes. You know? And, and, and some things that are really crucial and critical in your life and you're just wondering like those women on Easter morning, who will move the stone? And then together and found that the stone has been what? Moved already. You know, all the anguish, all the concern melted, evaporated. Because God has taken care of details. And so uh, David said that his, his greatness, the depth of his love, the depth of his care, everyone needs to stop. Every day and thank him. You know, uh, 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 the psalmist said, uh, I, I will speak of you. I declare your loving kindness in the morning. Okay? Why do I declare your loving kindness in the morning? Because, because I am enamored by the excitement of waking up. Do you know that? You know, you go to sleep. There's no guarantee you will wake up. Yes. But to go to sleep and wake up. He said, I declare your loving kindness in the morning. This is, this is a reality of your love. Because some people go to sleep and they don't wake up. And then he says, I celebrate your faithfulness at night. Okay, so I declare your loving kindness when I wake up in the morning. I celebrate your faithfulness by night, you know, because you've made me glad for, of, by what you have done. I rejoice in the works of your hand. Now, God has been kind to you and I sitting here this morning, and our hearts must be filled with gratitude. Gratitude is something that... Um, you don't do reflexly always because you have to stop to ponder over it. You know? And it's in the process that you truly discover why you should be grateful. A, a, a man lost his mother. Okay? He was 63. Was 63. And uh, maybe his mother was 
late 70s, 80. And his wife ran to me in the consulting room and said, Doctor, I don't know what we're going to do. If you tell him that his mother is dead, he will die. He loves his mother so much. I said, really? He said, okay, let me go. Let me go see him. So I said, they call him. He called me. So I began to tell him about gratitude. I said, you're 62. You knew your mother for 62 years. Okay, let's say uh, 60 years. Two years, you probably didn't know much. So, but you knew your mother for 60, 60 years. I said, there are people. There are people. Whether their mother is yellow or black, they have no idea. They have no idea. So, for knowing your mother for 60 years, you should be eternally, absolutely, absolutely. You had your mother's company for 60 years. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because you see, it's just so easy. It is so easy not to, not, to, not to grumble all the time until you stop to think. Until you stop to think. When my eldest brother passed away, somebody was like, we were all grieving seriously, deeply, because we were very close. You know, somebody was like, you know, how do you feel? I said, my brother was almost 71 when he died. I must be grateful. I must be grateful. Oh, yes, the loss is, is, is hurtful. But I mustn't be confused. I mustn't be confused. I must be grateful. And so it takes a little reflection to realize that we have more reasons to be grateful. We have fewer reasons to grumble. And so when you stay on a day like this, 29th, two days to the end of the year, oh yes, you must look back. And for many, many reasons, say from the depths of your being, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. That's one reason why we thank God. And that's for who he is. You know, I tell, I tell, I, you know, the, the, when we were young, the, uh, there were lorries. They used to write things on those lorries. Some of them are very instructive. One of them read, if men were God. Oh, yes. They won't like your face. They'll say, you won't breathe today. You know, or you annoy them. They say, you will not be able to eat today. You know, they will be so vindictive. So we thank God for God that nobody is God. A poster read, the very first truth of life is that there is God and he's not you. <laughs> yes. So I can't be beholden to you. No. You don't hold my life in the palms of your hand. Only God does. And so no matter you know, how people may be and how dreadful. You can always retreat into God and say to him, you are my God. You alone. That's why we are grateful that there's only one God. Some people think that, um, that the, the truth that there is only one God is a theological truth. Indeed, it could be. But it's an experience that gives comfort to the soul. Can you imagine if there were five gods? Hmm? And one god will come out today and say, you have been thanking other people. You haven't thanked me. You know? You have been giving offering to other gods, but you haven't given to me. So, I'm, I'm against you today. That would be a horrible experience. But because there is only one God, we can be truly grateful and confident that because we have paid homage to him, Yes, we have our relationship that is secure. And we can be confident in him. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. And we have to acknowledge his greatness. We have to acknowledge his awesome power. And you know the thing about that power? It is that we, that power has been made available to you and I. Because in Christ, God restored our divinity. You know? 
Jesus said to his disciples, you will make a discovery. You will make a discovery in John 14, 20, that as you, as I am in God and God is in me, so am I in you and you in me. Yes, you make a discovery that through me you have been invited to share in divinity so that the awesome powers of God can flow through you. You know, it's, it's, it's um, oftentimes, without knowing it, we yield to the elements. That's what the Apostle Paul was saying. Why are you subject to the elemental spirit? Why? When you have the awesomeness of God inside you. You know, they told me about once when they called witches in a meeting to come out. Witches, witches come out. And then some people got up and were coming out. But that wasn't the problem. The problem was those sitting next to them. Ah. Ah. Hey. I hope they don't come back. <laughs> you know, they're more worried that these witches are going to go for prayer. And then they're going to come back and sit next to me again. Hey. <laughs> But you know, when you wake up to the reality of the awesomeness of God's power in you, you know, to him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ever ask or think. You know, it, it takes grace to kneel down and say, I'm empowered. Lord, I thank you that I'm empowered. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is in me. To express the awesome power of God. Nobody becomes empowered by assuming it. You become empowered by gratefully accepting what God has done for you. And suddenly the presence of, of the Holy Spirit descends on you. And you realize that, yes, yes, I'm not ordinary. The fact that Jesus Christ died for me on the cross of Calvary has opened my life to the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And I share in that power. And that's why, you know, when, when um, the moment we realize that, you know, people used to invite us. Oh, I have juju in my house. I have charm in my house. Come and help us destroy it. And we would go. Yes. A lady came to me in church once. She said, we have something under our bed. I've been telling my husband, let, 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 let us destroy this thing. So I called the husband. He said, come. come, come. You mean you, you come here and you have something under your bed? You must go and bring it. And they went and brought it. Tortoise, calabash. Yes, and they're coming to church. Yes, so a lady came to me and said, my husband, he had trouble in the office. He went to the village and came back with a chicken, a dead chicken in a portmanteau. He said, my problem is that the chicken is smelling. <laughs> I say, if this chicken can deliver you, why, why is this smelling? Let it deliver itself first. But when you are conscious of the power of God in your life, you have compassion on people who are still believing in all these things. You know? And that's why you're so grateful. Say, Lord, I'm so grateful. That I can dare anyone and everyone. Anyone and everyone. Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. You know? You're so grateful that you've been emboldened because you've been empowered by the presence of God. And it's not about the big people. No, every single one that has given their life to Christ, they have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And it's through gratitude, through affirmation, through confession that we enter into the experience of it and realize that, oh yes, it is true, it is true. I have been empowered by God. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. 29 December, in the two days, it will be 2020. And you know, 2020 is not only a new year. It's also the beginning of a new decade. Oh, yes. Because think about how old you will be when that decade ends. Mm -hmm. Think a little, man. And that's how you say to yourself, Oh, God. As I enter this decade, this new decade, let me walk in your power. Let me walk in your love. 
Let your glory be manifest through my life. You know, the, the, the creatures of change, we have the capacity to put the past behind and enter into a newness. You see? Enter into a new beginning and begin to glory in, the, in God our strength. You know, someone will say to themselves, because Jesus died and rose again, I will exercise the authority of the redeemed. Yes, because that's what changes everything. You know, I'm glad we say prayers for the revival of this country. But we need to, you know, go to another level and begin to set decrees and watch and see what heaven does with that. We need to test powers of scripture. If you bind, if you forbid anything on earth, it will be forbidden. You know, say, Lord, I thank you for that promise. I thank you. Now, I want you to reveal to me what I need to do to get it to what? Work. Oh, yes. You can imagine what will happen. Look at us. So many of us, you know, and you know prayer, divine movement is a game of numbers. Oh. Do you know that? That's what Abraham taught us when he said, if you find 50 people in Sodom, wouldn't you alter the judgment for their sake? How did God respond? I definitely will. I definitely will. And Abraham said, 45, he said, I will. 40, I will. 30, I will. 20, I will. And Abraham was like, okay, one more. 10. Say, 10, I will. Now, United Kingdom, revival, sweeping through. I don't mean confined to this building. No, sweeping through. Bringing conviction and conversion at every level. Hardened sinners. Confessed sinners, repenting, convicted, transformed. And then you kneel down and say, Lord, what should I do? This is what I want to see. In this new year, in this new decade, what should I do? How should I pray? I want the spirit that is at work in my life to begin to express itself in this society, in this new decade. I don't want at the end of this decade to see things again the same way. I know. Everyone must have an ambition. See, that's how, why we are grateful to God. We thank you for how you have brought us through and that this decade is ended. Now, Lord, we walked. This time we want to run. Oh, yes, we want to run. We want to see the glory come down. You know, until a group of people pray for revival here and go home and, and kneel down and set decrees in place. You know, you can't set decrees uh, 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 like that in five minutes. You can only start. But then it is when you go home that you can really position yourself and say, I want to see this this year. I want to see this this year. You know, it is coming to your heart now. The burden to really see God glorified. Because you see, when you see people mouth words against God, and you know that it is God's compassion and patience that is letting them still breathe, then you must say to yourself, let that patience convert to their conversion conviction and conversion. Not persuasion. Persuasion is in the head. Conviction is in the heart. Let them break down you know, all that they have trusted in. You know, collapsing all around them. That they may cry out to God and say, my God, my Lord. Oh yes, we have seen it before. We have seen it before. Professors, big and small, coming to give their life to Christ. 
Because the spirit has come down to bring conviction and conversion. And so we must thank God, not just for the things he has done, but now we position ourselves to thank God for the things we believe him to what? To do. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, you, you, you look at your world. And, and, and that's why sometimes I go before God and say, there must be a way I should pray for this to happen. Yes. Why do we pray such prayers? Because the scripture said, for you do not know, yes, how to pray. And even when you know what to pray, you don't know how to pray it. And so, and so, because you are determined to see it happen, you go to God and say, there must be a way I should pray. To connect to the anointing that will cause this to happen. Oh, yes. Sometimes you take a piece of paper and a pen. I need dictation. Dictate to me. Tell me exactly what you want to hear. To connect to your power. You see, that's what tells you that you and I have really been determined in our hearts in this new decade to become partners with God. Because you have, been, you have learned now that God needs prayer. You know that God needs prayer? Oh, yes. God needs prayer. Do you know why he needs prayer? It's because of Genesis 1.26. Let us make man in our own image. And let the man take what? Dominion. That's why our Lord Jesus Christ, when he came here, he said, when you pray, invite, may thy will be done on earth as it is what? Yes, that is the invitation he needs to step in. Because man, he created man to rule the earth. And so he cannot do it. You see, the scripture said in Ezekiel, said, I looked for a man. And that's how we realize that God doesn't walk alone. Even in your life, God doesn't walk alone. See, husband and wife, it's okay. You need to, somebody needs to humble themselves here. You say, well, if they will humble themselves, I'm not ready to do that again. It's okay. God is going to come into this relationship. But he needs somebody to walk with. He doesn't walk alone. Everywhere you are, God needs somebody to walk with. If you want something to be good, wonderful where you are, then elect yourself to be the person that God is going to work with. But you know the advantage you have? Once you elect to be the person God is going to work with, the anointing will be with you. Oh, yes, it's an awesome privilege. You know? And if there's any revelation, they will be coming to you. That, those revelations will be coming to you. Anything that is going to happen in that place will be coming to you. Because you are the person in obedience to who? To God. You are the person that does as he says. You know, people don't know how to make themselves special. You can make yourself special. In any circumstance or situation, you can decide that I will be the one that is special to God in this place. Yes. And how do you do that? I am the one that is going to do whatever he says. Ah, That's how it works. That's how it works. That's how revelations come to you. The anointing comes to you. The decrees you make are endorsed. Everything now depends on you. And you are not allowed to tell the other people. Oh. Because, you know, people cut off the anointing. You know what, how they do it? You know, you know, if I didn't pray for you, you know you would have died. <laughs> you know, do you know the revelations that have been given me about you? They just beg me to pray for you. I, I just pity you. I pray for you. <laughs> but that's not the way you carry that anointing. You carry that anointing unobtrusively. Nobody knows. You're not allowed to share those revelations. You know, that's why the apostle Paul said they gave me some revelations. And I was trying to be puffed up, so they gave me a thorn. I don't need any thorn. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so you, and so you understand so it's, this is a time of gratitude, but, but, but we, we, must, we must position ourselves so that we can become the carriers of this anointing in this new year and this new decade. Can somebody say amen to that? The Bible tells us how we do that. Let us love one another, for God is love. Okay? 
beloved. Said, He that loveth one another loves God, for God is love. He that does not love his brother does not love God. So plain in 1 John 4, beginning from verse 7 all the way to the end. And then in Ephesians chapter 3, he tells us that the way to love people is for Christ to dwell in your heart by what? By faith. What does that mean? So you kneel down and say, Lord Jesus, I cannot love the world around me by my own strength. So please come and live in my heart and then love my world through me. Now, you need to understand what that prayer means because it revolutionizes your life. I must love the world, but I can't. I want you to come and love that world through me. So now, what does it uh, 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 boil down to? Here is John. He slapped me yesterday. Today, I have a bottle of Fanta. He is so thirsty. I say, well, go to the person you slapped to get the Fanta. That's what I want to say. But the spirit says, John, so thirsty, here's my Fanta, take. He says, Lord, he would think I'm begging him. He would think I'm a fool. After he has slapped me, I'm still giving him Fanta. Suppose he says he doesn't want. You know, but because you are used to God, you just give him the Fanta. You just give him the Fanta. And you don't really care what he thinks. And if he turns around and says, you are now repentant, you say, thank you, John. Jesus is loving through you. He is doing those things you cannot do yourself. Left alone by yourself. Yes. And the, what does the Bible say? It said, when we know the length and depth and breadth and height of the love of Christ, we will be filled with all the fullness of God. And that's what I need in 2020 and beyond. I want to be filled with all the fullness of God. I want his love, his compassion, his power, his grace. I want all of that to be manifest through me. And that is why I, I kneel down and say, Lord, give me a revelation of the love of Christ. And let me receive that inner strength to walk in that love. Because that's the key to power in 2020, that is the key. Everyone needs to unlock the power of God, the presence of God in their lives. You need to experience it so that you can dare everyone and anyone. No matter what they do because you, you are very conscious of the presence of God in your life. And you know there is nothing like that. It is the greatest weapon in spiritual warfare, the presence of God. Why? Because by the law of creation, whenever the presence of God manifests, every creature must take a bow. And you have the capacity. You have the capacity. You and I have the capacity to bring down the presence. And so as we, as we really wind up 2019 and are getting ready into 2020, first, gratitude. And then a commitment to a deeper revelation of love. Not just for the knowledge of it, but to walk in the experience of it. Through obedience, let Christ love the world through me. Through my obedience, Jesus must love the world through me. And then, to actually actualize that, to, to actualize that we have to go to him and say, Lord Jesus, I need your Holy Spirit. Because by, without the Holy Spirit, even that I cannot do. The Holy Spirit. And so you find yourself often inviting him. Particularly when situations get really tough. Say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Simple prayers, I need you. To be able to respond the way you want. Just come and enable me. That's why we talk about enabling grace, quickening grace, you know, uh, uh, sustaining grace. Because he supplies that which you need to be able to do what God wants. So that the anointing and the presence will be with you. There is nothing like that. So no matter where you are, 
no matter where you are. The presence is there. I was on a flight to Minneapolis. And the pilot said, they say we can't land. The wind is gusting at 40-something miles an hour. That's, we cannot land. We'll probably be here for an hour. I said, eh? An hour? If we'll finish this, Inko. <laughs> I said, Lord, please, oh, because I'm here, 15 minutes, please. 15 minutes. I was counting. 15 minutes? We are not, did not, we have not just, we have not been asked to land. I said, Lord, I said 15 minutes. 20 minutes, the pilot said. We have been cleared for landing. I don't know what happened. I said, I know what happened. <laughs> oh, yes. Because I pleaded with heaven. Because I'm here. Please. Let this wind. Uh, yes, so. Uh, uh, let it go down. And it went down. We landed. That's what we're talking about. You know, the presence of God. Everywhere you are, you know, there's a storm gathering. Say, oh, 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 oh. I told a group of Christians once. They say hurricane was coming to them in America. I say, ah, are you watching it? Bend it, bend it, bend it. He said, yes, I was in a place. They say hurricane is coming. I say, ah, bend, my friend, bend. <laughs> then I watched the news the next day. They say it's bending and it's going back to the sea. Hey, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot just sit here now and, and, and then the hurricane will come and then I will be putting my two hands uh, on my head. No, bend, bend. <laughs> oh, yes. There was one I, told, I called a group of brethren. It was in Texas. I said, ah, bend this thing, oh. Ah, do you want to live in it? Bend it, bend it. It will bend, bend it. <laughs> and they bent it and then it, land, it, it did landfall in a place where nobody lives. Uh -huh, now, there are places you can land and uh, not cause trouble. <laughs> it's awesome it's awesome to, 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 to belong to God and, and everyone needs to be alive to the fact that do you know it is, there's nobody who is more privileged than another no it's the same Holy Spirit the same Holy Spirit it's for you to be aware of the presence of God in your life and that's why you can kneel down and say Lord I thank you the presence of God in me it makes me extraordinary. Makes me extraordinary. That's why I'm grateful. And that's why you see, you obey God in your life. That's why you obey God. You cannot take chances on that presence. Because you know you have spiritual enemies. They are ganging up. But you don't really, you see, you don't have it. I tell people, I don't have a devil consciousness. No. You know there are people all the time, ah, the devil is planning this. The witches are planning that. No. Let them worry about me. I don't worry about them. They will have to be worrying about me. So long as I retain the presence, I know that for me to stand firm, I must retain the presence. And that's what God wants you to take into 2020 and the decade that is coming. I must see God glorified. I must see the power of God revealed. I must see the glory of God manifest. So that... By the time we come to a period like this next year, we can look back and say, awesome. All glory to God. So bow your head and talk to him. Say, Lord, I thank you for the decade that is past. I thank you for the decade that is coming. By your grace, I will walk in love. I will walk in love. Both within and without, I will walk in love so that the presence of God, so that the power of God can be manifest in my life. I will walk in love. Talk to God from the depths of your being. Rejoice in the promise that he will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by the day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, 
but it shall not come near you. Somebody needs to lift up their voice and thank the Lord for his preservation in this last decade. And shall we stand and take that hymn, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. a moment then and commit your life to him again and say Lord Jesus I will stay with you as I enter this new decade let your glory be manifest in my life and manifest through me let your power be known in me and through me Oh, Spirit of the living God, I yield to you to express your fruit and your power through me. I yield to you, Spirit of the living God, to express your fruit, your gifts, and your power through my life. Let me be an object of your glory as this decade begins.
So I'd like you to say with me, Oh Lord my God. I can't hear you. Oh Lord my God. I surrender my life afresh. To you, oh my God. As I enter this new decade, may your grace abound for me. May Jesus live in my heart. May his love be expressed through me. May his power be expressed through me. As I walk into 2020, let your glory be manifest through me. Oh, yeah, take a moment. Take a moment now. Take a moment. He wants every single one of us empowered. Right now, right now. Open the gates. Oh God, open the gates to everyone who is thirsty. Open the gates. That there will arise from this place in 2020, the new decade. There will arise from this place men and women who will walk in power because they know their God. They will walk in power because they know their God. They will lift up their hands to heaven and declare, because he lives, I decree. Because Jesus lives, I decree. They will walk in your power. Ordinary men and women doing extraordinary things because they know they are God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Put your right hand on your head as I pray. Lord, we are grateful that we can come to thank you, oh God, from the depths of our being for your love and kindness, for your preservation, for our salvation, for our restoration, for the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, our God, we thank you. And Lord, we stand and we lift up our hand to heaven and say, because you live, oh God, we too shall live. And your glory will be manifest in our lives. Lord, empower your people that by the quickening of the Holy Spirit, your people will walk in power everywhere they go and the world around them will marvel and then they will come to you and declare that you are their Lord and Savior oh grant us this request Father and Lord may your spirit inhabit every soul and empower each one I thank you oh God for their people will walk in power for in Jesus precious name we pray and all God's people said Amen.